0: everyone welcome back to the where if you take you podcast i am caleb auker and here with my amazing co-host aaron oliphant and we have a wonderful show for you today where we're going to talk all things ironman coeur d'alene uh, for those of you that are not aware aaron raced ironman Cord d'alene last weekend It seems like it was a lot longer ago, but it was literally just a couple (laughs) days, not that long ago. Um, And we're going to really kind of deep dive, kind of a fun race recap for her, and then just kind of go into everything that encompasses racing, because there's so much that encompasses racing behind not just performance and, you know, all the emotions and feels and physical aspects that come into racing, um, and yeah, we're going to kind of deep dive that, um, but just before we get into that, uh, for those of you that are new here, uh, again, I am Kayla Bowker, I'm a professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, and coach and owner of Where If You Feet Take You Triathlon, and and performance coaching. And we have Erin here, who is an amazing amateur athlete, triathlete, ex-D1 swimmer. And she is also a coach at Where if Feet Take You. And then um, in case you wanted to ever send us questions or anything, because what we do here is we talk triathlon, life, all things in between, we try to answer your questions and provide you guys the content that you want to hear. You can send us questions at you.com/slash podcast. And if you have a chance and want to support us, the best way to do so is shout us out on social media. It's the best way to get people to kind of see the podcast, listen, and potentially send in more content so that we can give you guys. I have one more uh, shout out I want to give before we dive into Aaron's. Um, Over the weekend, we had a couple other athletes racing. So we had uh, Danielle and Julia, who both raced also at Ironman Coeur d'Alene with Aaron. Danielle put in a huge, huge day coming out with a big run PR um, from her Ironman Maryland race. This was a big race for Danielle. Danielle uh, was racing Ironman Texas earlier this year and had a pretty nasty crash um, and ended up not finishing. And she wanted kind of redemption from that and came back and put in a big run PR um, to take ninth place in her age group and come away with the Kona slot that she was aiming for. So congratulations to Danielle. And then uh, Julia, unfortunately, was uh, unable to finish the race due to some pretty severe stomach issues that we're going to work through. But I want to give her a shout out because Julia is one of those people that always is smiling. And it's just amazing. Even when things feel like they're going horrible, she can put a smile on her face and she can look at it from an angle that provides strength and power and she always fights as hard as she can for everything. Um, I think she made it to about mile 15 of the run and and made the smart decision to call it. And um, we're really proud of her for sticking it out there. And then the last race that we had over the weekend was uh, Krista who did a half marathon in Missoula. And she pulled out a uh, pretty good solid uh, half marathon PR. So we had some great racing this weekend. I'm not going to tell you what Erin did because she's going to share. And I don't want to spoil it though I am extremely proud of her before she <laughs> dives into her race I just I think it's important to share how for me as a coach friend you know colleague all of the above I I am unbelievably proud of Aaron and all the athletes that are racing I like was texting with Aaron's mom back and forth like go Aaron <laughs> go she's doing amazing oh my gosh she's in the right where she's where we need her go Aaron go and I got goosebumps when everybody finished, and kind of teared up a little bit, and was just so incredibly proud of everybody and Aaron, especially here. You know, since we're you know chatting, and I just yeah, I'm excited to hear the race report. I've heard pieces of it via text. We um, hadn't hopped on the phone yet, and figured we could just chat here. And we're gonna let we're gonna let Aaron take it away.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna just share kind of the numbers of the race first. Um, And then I thought it'd be good for me to kind of go into the emotional side and everything that I was feeling during the race and what I'm still feeling now. Um, As many of you know, Kayla's a phenomenal mental performance coach as well. Um, And I think it would be really good for you guys to see kind of what mental performance looks like and also how we talk through it and what a good coach-athlete relationship looks like and all that good stuff. So I'm going to be a little vulnerable, so bear with me throughout this. Um, safe, yeah, this is a safe
0: space start... for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so I figure I'll just start kind of with the race details. Um, it was a four-minute PR, and I was sixth in my age group um, and qualified for Kona. So that's kind of the – details of the race
0: (laughs) Um, which are amazing details that I am personally going to make sure you celebrate here before you go into anything else we're going to take a second and we are going to celebrate this I want to give a little more background on some of these details really quick because I think they're impressive so this is Erin's third uh, full Ironman distance she's done Texas Kona and then Coeur d'Alene here and each race she's gotten better each race she's gotten more mature as an athlete she's gotten stronger more capable more understanding and has executed better so there's so many powerful pieces um in Texas in 2022 right yes 2022 yeah her (laughs) her run split was a 432 in Kona Later that year, she ran a 4.03, I think. Yes, I make sure I have my notes here correct. I'm staring at a piece of paper here. In Court just recently, she ran a 4.01, which is now, we're now down to a total of basically a 30-minute personal best in around a year in the marathon, which is amazing, but the piece that I think is really important for you guys to notify, and I'm kind of comparing Kona here and uh, Coeur d'Alene, because if I'm going to ask, if I ask Erin, which she thinks her best executed, I think she'd actually say Kona. And I'm going to disagree with her because the reason being is in Kona, she had a total of around three to four miles where she was kind of blown, totally blown, where she was doing like 11, 10, 30 to 11 minute miles. In Coeur oh, I think I
1: had some 15s in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There were some slow ones. Coeur d'Alene, she didn't <laughs> have a, any of those 15s. She only had one mile in the 11 minute range, and that was where she had to go to the bathroom. And she only had one other, less than a mile in there that was above 950. Every single other mile was exactly on pace to where we wanted her to be, or pretty darn close. That is huge growth. So much power, so much maturity, and I think that deserves a huge, 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 I'm going to say it again, huge celebration. The other piece that I think is really important is, is her bike split was actually, in my opinion, stronger this time around as well. Now, we don't have power data for her for this one, but she did a uh, have five, we have, we have an approximate idea. She did a 555 at Kona, and that included a flat, so she did have a flat in Kona that she had to fix. And we think we were approximating it was around a 20, 15 to 20 minute thing took you. I can't, we, we can't quite I think
1: remember. I was, my bike split was six hours in Kona. So I think with the flat, without the flat, I would have been 545. Maybe that's yeah. right. I don't, I don't
0: know. <laughs> and she just did a 544 in Coeur d'Alene on a course that has over 2000 more vertical than Kona huge growth, huge, huge growth, so much more smooth, so much better executed, so much stronger. Boom. In my opinion, mic drop. Amazing. Now, those are the data (laughs) numbers. I think that we wanted to go into those just to show, remind, you know, people like, hey, this is, there's, this is only Aaron's third full Ironman. And in, a year she has made a lot of growth at mentally, emotionally, and physically as an athlete. And I think those are really powerful to see. So, all right. Numbers. Done. (laughs) Continue.
1: Yeah. So now that was the numbers, So we can kind of deep dive into how each portion of the race went, um, got to the race, felt good. It was light when I woke up, which was kind of a nice change of pace um at like 440 it was like yes welcome
0: welcome Um, to welcome to eastern washington northern idaho it's a light a lot a lot of portion this time of year
1: it is um so that was nice i was feeling good um but the minute the gun went off i and i dove in i felt like my calves were gonna cramp um i've had calf cramps before i am very familiar with the feeling of calf cramps and i just felt it and was like okay i had one at ironman texas actually and i was like we just won't kick it's fine kick does not contribute much to your swim time in an iron man anyway will just leave your feet fairly flexed and just use your arms and that worked for a while i got through the first lap and I was careful when I got out of the water because I know the changing of foot position from swimming to running can trigger it a lot. So I was and you are running in sand.
0: You are running in sand too, yeah. which is going to cause some proprioception so stuff.
1: I was really careful, but I still felt the cramps the second loop. And a man grabbed my leg. The left calf started cramping fully. I was able to kind of get that to go away after like 15 seconds, continued swimming on. And then the sixth buoy on the way back out of eight, my calf and quad both completely balled up and I could not keep swimming. I started just screaming in pain. A paddleboarder actually came over and had me hold on. I refused at first because I was like, no, I'm going to finish. And they're like, you can hold on as long as I don't move forward. You will not get disqualified. You can continue racing. And I was like, okay. And I held on because quite frankly, I did not have much of a choice. It's really hard to tread water when you have one leg that's on the verge of cramping and another leg that's completely cramped up. Um, So I held on to the paddleboard just screaming in pain because if you've ever had a Charlie horse, you know those can be pretty painful. And because my quad was cramping too, anytime I tried to stretch my calf, my quad would get worse and vice versa. Um, So I just had to stay in place for probably three minutes. And I kind of washed the caps come that I had already been ahead of. Um, Cause it's pretty evident at that point in the loop, who's on their second loop and who's on their first loop just by swim ability had to watch them pass and it sucked and there was nothing I could do about it. I kind of just had to sit and wait until the crowd subsided enough for me to keep going. It never went away. Um, it never really went away for the whole race um, and it was just there, but finally it went away enough for me to finish maybe the last 300 meters of that swim that I had. And I was pissed. I felt like I was having a phenomenal swim. I'm pretty sure it would have been a swim PR even without the kicking. Um, my stroke felt amazing. I could see my catch and I was honestly like, damn, that's a pretty good catch.
0: Um, (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um... And I was bummed and I was angry and I was frustrated and I'm not used to getting out of the water as far back as I was. And it's, you know it. And I, and I did focus on the bike. I actually came out of the water. I stretched a bit. I had to take a long time in transition cause I couldn't get my wetsuit off easy because I wasn't at the point where I could point my foot yet. Um, so I had me and a volunteer were, like, working to get it off while my foot was flexed, so It's fun. Um, which was super fun. And, yeah, and it was a lot of walking through transition. Running still wasn't really an option. And when I got on the bike, high cadence wasn't really an option because I couldn't get my toe pointed down fully to go through that rotation cycle nicely, um, which kind of sucked. And I felt it the entire time. And... I overbiked the first 30 miles a little bit. You haven't seen the power data, um, but that's something I can pretty confidently say. My first 30 miles were above 200 watts, which is not my Ironman racing power.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's like 40 um, watts above your Ironman racing power.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So... I was pissed and I, I'm not used to being in that position coming out of the water. And I was determined to catch back up. And when I caught most the field after like five miles, I probably should have backed off then I probably should have never gone that hard at all. But like, um, I'm a racer, I'm a competitor, um, as much as I do this sport to be the best version of myself as possible it's also in me to win. I like to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to compete. Um, and that's what I was trying to do. And I definitely felt it the last 20 miles of the bike that I overbiked a bit. Um, mm-hmm. especially because as I said, I couldn't get my cadence up. So my cadence was probably like only 82 to 84. Um, Which is low for you. So I just really, yeah. So, um, it's fine. I mean, it was still, a good bike. I enjoyed the bike. I actually felt like I was doing okay on the uphills, which was something I was concerned about going into the race. Um, But I think I've really gotten better at shifting gears and adjusting before I get to the hill, um, which I think made a difference. And I liked the course. I liked the two loop course. I liked how you kind of knew what to expect. The no passing zone was a little annoying. Again, I guess I always hate the no passing zones on descents. because I love flying, and when you get stuck behind someone, there was actually a group of four of us on the first loop, actually, who was stuck behind someone who was just scared to descend. Um,
0: yeah, that's what was bummer.
1: the whole bike, I was in pain. The whole bike, I felt like my quad and calf were on the verge of just cramping again. Um, couldn't wait to get to personal needs to kind of just, like, stretch a little bit as I got my new bottles. Um, so but, when you yeah,
0: realized when did you realize that you were over biking in the middle of it? Like at a oh, certain I, I point and mm-hmm. no,
1: I knew from mile one, I was over biking and I did not care at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am pissed, I don't always make the best decisions. Um, yeah. And ultimately I don't think I was that far over biking where it killed me too much in the end. Um, like I think my power might've dropped to one seventy, which was my original starting plan anyway. um, So it wasn't like I there was a huge fall off and I held my run together. Um, Unfortunately, I got to the run and I just couldn't push off with my left leg very much. Um, I actually saw my friend who's a PT today. And he's like, you're most likely kind of just hopping with your right leg through that marathon. Um, Because I have zero, my like ankle to shin angle is at like a negative five degree angle right now like I can't get my knee over my ankle so it was not a fun marathon and it was very different than I'm used to it's almost like your long runs where your legs feel tired at the end but you're not like aerobically taxed and that's kind of how I felt but I remember just running I started and I was like I don't know how much of this I'm gonna be able to run so the fact I ran all of it was good or most there were a few walking breaks mile 23 24 um, that that's way further than I got in Kona. There are a lot of positives, but um,
0: with the, the run, with the just... run, what kept you right? Because that that's you, really kind of having to be really focused. So what kept you running? What kept you going?
1: I wasn't going to be happy with myself if I let myself give up because of what happened, and I thought about it. Multiple times. I mean, I got when the cramping started happening during the swim, and I was hanging on to that paddle board. I was thinking about coming into T1 and, and having my mom call you and ask, like, hey, should Aaron pull out of this race and sign up for another Ironman to try and get her Kona slot? Obviously, I never ended up doing that because you didn't good. get a call. Because uh-huh. I would have said no.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would have said try. <laughs> <laughs> try the first. Try the first um, loop. And if we're still in that space, then we reevaluate. That's what my answer would have been.
1: Yeah but it was a thought and I would love to say that it was all like my mental toughness getting me to the finish line and I mean that was some of it but also like just the race entry fees $800 and that doesn't include flights and lodging so it was really just too expensive to give up on.
0: (laughs) Hey that that's (laughs) a piece like you know a lot of times when we think mental toughness, we we really think like along these ideas of, right, like I'm telling like the self-talk that you, the way you talk to yourself and saying, oh, I'm amazing. I'm so strong. I'm, I'm powerful, right? That, that's kind of where we all go. That's our first thought. Like that means when we kind of do, when we can talk to ourselves that way, we're really mentally tough. But a lot of times I actually think that mental toughness really comes from a couple of pieces. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it um, from resilience and gritty and mental toughness, all being kind of three different constructs, but how you talk to yourself can be powerful in a lot of different ways. And if you were telling yourself, Hey, I put a lot into this race, money, time, et cetera. I got to give it my best for that. Guess what? That's you being mentally tough because you're focusing on being productive in a way that helps you stay in it and to stay in the game. So,
1: and it did. And I got on the bike and I realized I was still able to push power. Um, it didn't feel great, but I passed two or three girls in the first five or 10 miles of it. Um, which felt good. And I kind of knew I was in a good position on the bike. The run was the run. I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you all. Sick stings a lot for me. Um, I am a competitor and I have very high goals for myself in this sport. I mean, in four or five years, I would really like to be at a point where I'm earning my pro card. Um, And at this point where I get sixth in my age group and I get 19th overall, I just feel like I'm moving backwards from my goal. Um, And it brings up a lot of memories from swimming where I seem to peak at like age 15 and just got worse and worse. And whether that's true or not, I mean, I did like my FINA points just fell off. Um, And that's kind of how I feel like in triathlon, like my first 70.3, I won my age group and I was third overall female in Ironman, Texas, my first Ironman, I won my age group and was 14th overall female and now i'm sixth in my age group 19th overall female and i've even though like the numbers show i'm improving i feel like i'm getting worse and i'm putting myself at risk of being terribly let down again by a goal like in swimming my ultimate goal was to qualify for olympic trials and i literally gave that all i had and it just never came true and led to a lot of heartbreak and i am feeling like i'm very much putting myself into that situation again and feeling like i'm not getting any better and that i'm getting worse at this sport and it's not that i do it to win i like winning i like being competitive but i feel like i'm not even getting closer to my own potential in the sport i feel like i'm getting further away from it and that's really hard
0: but but that's really hard and when you Especially when you see, you no, know, it's like like I said, it's bringing up a lot of pieces that were very much, you know, kind of in the past, and you know that's where a lot of pieces to kind of focus on from this standpoint. Um, you know, one, it's why when, like, when we were messaging back and forth, my whole thing was I really want you to focus on the positives that came out of this race, because the more often than not the number one thing that we always go to is what didn't go didn't go right and i think if you look at if you know i'm not even a numbers person i don't like to look at numbers necessarily i prefer to look at the uh qualitative aspects of racing um you know overall but when you take these numbers and then you combine these numbers with knowing how you felt physically, you ha- this shows, okay, this is what you can do when you're at like 70% best because of something that was completely outside of your control at 70% best. That's amazing. To me, that shows that we haven't even tapped into your full potential because you had a day where you, you, your body was just not totally there and that happens. And that's, that's one of the things like with this type of racing, with triathlon, is there are a ton of ups and downs, ton of ups and downs. You are going to have, you're going to put everything into a race and it's going to implode. And so when it when that happens, that's why it's so important to always make sure that you're focusing on, like, right, we talk about this idea of right, you wanting to go, go professional. Well, there's a lot of steps that come in between there. And Those are those steps that you have to continue to focus on. If you use myself as an example, it took me, I set this goal to become a professional back in 2017, 2018. I said it out loud, I told my coach, I think I could be a professional triathlete and I'm pretty sure she thought I was ridiculous. And I kept it there. It it took me until 2022 to achieve it, 2022 a lot of years. In those years, I had a car accident, car accident, baby, baby, COVID, bad race, bad race, went backwards, won some stuff, won some stuff, won some stuff. And those pieces, the reason that I was able to stay focused on it was because I allowed myself the space to, to, to achieve, to focus on the other goals first, the stepping stones. That's why stepping stones are so powerful. And that's where you, where we want you focusing on these little improvements, these gains that we're making. And in that in each of those pieces, knowing that hey, there's a lot of work that I have to do to get to this point. And it comes down to focusing on everything that gets made up with it. And then the other piece that I think is you know, the main reason I achieved what it is is because I had this full-on 150% belief that I deserved to be a professional triathlete. I could do it. I wanted it. I was going to get it no matter what. Even when things got in the way, I was going to keep focusing on becoming the next best version of myself. And that's where, that's why I was kept telling you, okay, yes, this race didn't go perfectly, but here's actually what you achieved within this race and the the important pieces you went into this race with a bunch of micro goals yeah you wanted to win it that was a big goal we believed you could you can but your other goal was you wanted to come in around 540 or under six hours on the bike bam 545 you did it another goal was you wanted to execute the marathon you didn't want to start out hot bam you did it another goal you wanted to Kona qualify you did and here's the thing you now achieved three huge goals and you did them really well. Those are powerful. And those are powerful things to focus on. And it's why we set process or f- more goals. Than you talked about it in your pre-race these were important to you. So it's important to ground yourself in those.
1: I think the hard part is I'm really struggling with like whether I even deserve the coma slot because I just, I don't know if I do. I don't know if sixth should qualify for Kona. I don't know if it would have any other year without all of the extra slots added. And it was a lot of extra slots. I honestly think it rolled down to anyone in my age group who wanted to go to could go. Um, so and I'm in, just really in that space, struggling with the fact that I even accepted the slot and I'm going and I mean, there were 10 allocated slots, but that's still so many. And I don't know. I don't feel like there should be time. I don't know. I'm, really struggling with that aspect of it
0: too here's the thing with that the race had 10 slots it always had 10 slots it's the race you were at that's not something that you control at all you do not control the amount of slots that there are at a race one two five fifteen twenty there are 20 slots then that means 20 people get to go and that's the way it is and in that space rather than focusing on again this this extrinsic thing that was 100% outside of your control ra- you need to you have to if you want to want focus on the fact that you allowed yourself the ability to qualify by never giving up on yourself and celebrating the fact that you actually accomplished and put yourself in the in the space to get the slots that were allocated legally lawfully whatever you want to call it I don't even, that was, those are not the right words, but <laughs> th- they were dedicated slots. That's what this race had. So you achieved it, you qualified it. That would be like saying if 10 people, 10 people were going to be given a promotion and you were number six on the list, wouldn't you still deserve the promotion because you were number six, yeah. same yeah. idea, same idea. You deserve the Kona slot because you qualified for it. You earned it by putting yourself in contention, by not giving up on yourself, focusing on the pieces that you can control, working hard, staying in the game, executing, and again, like not giving up, competing, competing with every ounce that you had on that day right we've talked about this in the past you always have to ask yourself the number question what can I do to be my best self right now in this moment for what I have and that's what you did your body said here's what I have and you your mind said okay this is what I have this is what I got to work with this is how I do it
1: I did and it was like I got to the finish line And I think like my, I really do like looking at my race pictures from this race because you can see my emotion through every step of this race. And I got to the finish line and it was this immense pride that I had because I did not give up on myself. I did not have anything else left to give. That's all I had that day and it was not easy. And it's the longest I've ever had to fight through a race um this race brings out challenges and it's meant to challenge you technically but I really technically I don't have to push it the was pain.
0: the shortest technically it was the four <laughs> minute shortest you've ever had to push
1: technically <laughs> technically <laughs> it's the longest I've ever been in that much pain yeah. for um usually I'm feeling pretty good on the swim and the bike and it's not until mile 10 of the marathon but you know new challenges um but I had that pride and then immediately I saw my mom and my boyfriend and my dad actually missed the finish because he was trying to find me on the course <laughs> with my family before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and I just immediately started sobbing too and showing that emotion like I was sixth, and at that point, I didn't think I qualified for Kona. I had no idea how many slots there were, but I did not think sixth was it, Um, and just started bawling, and it's this huge pot of mixed emotions that I'm sure everybody has experienced after an Ironman, because you always have these goals and expectations for yourself, and even if, I think, when you finish an Ironman, you're proud, no matter how the day is kind of gone, but you also can be that disappointed and upset and frustrated. And I'm still a little frustrated because I don't know what's causing these cramps. Um, so I don't really know how to go about fixing it. So yeah. that's definitely going to be a big focus for a little bit because I got a calf cramp at Ironman Texas, That's not anything close to this bad. Um but I've had them and I don't know what's causing them because I've had blood work and I don't think it's an electrolyte thing. Um, no, so I think there's this and you have any suggestions, please muscular, and structural.
0: Me and it happens in the swim more than anything. And so almost makes yeah. me question like, OK, what are you doing from a rotation standpoint or a kick standpoint that is causing something? In, and again, I'm just I'm not a physician. I'm not a physiologist, for personal uh, uh, physical therapist, but from a structural standpoint, from in, in your, in your lumbar spine, your low back, in your glutes, um, we know that you have issues with your glutes activating appropriately, um, in your hips. And so uh, I'm spitballing, but, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of spitballing the next few months until this gets figured out because it needs to, I can't keep entering the swim wondering if it's going to happen, um, I mean, I luckily during swim meets, I think it only happened once. It happened during swim practice a ton. I remember teammates carrying me out of the water on kickboards when both calves would go at the same time, but yeah, it's frustrating. Um, So it just literally, I felt every emotion under the sun when I crossed that finish line. I was very glad to be done, (laughs) Um, but also proud. And in a weird way, I did enjoy the day because I showed myself I am capable of that. Um, You're capable of fighting
0: even when you're not 100% and still competing. You were still competing. Was it where you wanted to be competing? No, that's okay.
1: And I would not have been like a 957 or whatever it took to win this race, no matter what. But I think I would have put in a good fight for the podium at least.
0: and, and I think the most, I mean, the most important the most important thing, make
1: excuses, and this isn't me making excuses. It's nope. where I was at the day. Nobody has any everything go right in an iron man. i'm I'm very well aware of that. Everybody has their own struggles on the day. and this were of mine of the day, but I am frustrated and upset.
0: You're allowed to be. And I think that's important. And so the number one important thing is that one you're allowed to be. Those are valid feelings. You're allowed to have them and it's important to have them. Whenever we, it's one of the main reasons why I actually often don't talk to my, well besides like messaging athletes, like we don't have like a deep dive conversation um, or anything within you know 24 to 72 hours sometimes because you need to have, I'll be allowed to have the feelings that you're having, um, but there is a time limit. On these feelings and this is one of the most important things i ever learned there's a time limit yeah. on these feelings you're coming up on that time limit to let i'm at the time limit to let that shit yeah. go you had them they're valid they're fair and you are more you are totally in every right to have the feelings that you're having but there's a time limit on them and once you have them then you let them go you just you literally you just go okay i had these feelings now we move on and the other piece I think that one thing that was really powerful for me that my coach actually messaged me back after Ironman in Texas um this this year or no when was this I don't even remember when this was that she messaged me this but um might even been last year sometime and my number one thing that I would always do is I get done with a race and I'd instantly be like, this is what went wrong. This is what I need to fix. This is what we need to do moving forward. And she went, Kayla, you need to celebrate first, celebrate first. And focus on the pieces that went well and celebrate the fact that you just accomplished something amazing. You just accomplished something hard. And that even if maybe it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go, celebrate it because we don't celebrate things enough. We always go to what went wrong? What can I fix? How do I get better in the next time? It's always our first thought. We're, we're, this, we're this society where we always just want to move to the next thing. And that was a big relevation, relevation for me when she messaged me that. And now it's something that I try to get you guys to really focus on. Because it was really powerful because it was I, I, I wasn't honoring myself in what I just accomplished at all because I was immediately going and I found myself even doing this on like in the middle of a race, I'd be like, Oh, well I'm not having the race. I want to, I, we need to, we need we need to bike more. I need to bike more because I'm not fast enough. And she went Kayla. Yeah. We probably do need to bike more, but first you just did this. You just Kona qualified or, or you just got your pro card or you, you just competed in your first pro race. Like these are great things, celebrate them, ec- explore them, feel them. And that's something that I have really started living by. I mean, I didn't have a great first season, but that was always my first focus. What, what, what went well? What went well? And in reality, when we actually kind of look at, hey, these are the things that went really well. Those are the things that we actually want to grow on. And when I take a look at what we did for you, right, from what you just told me, you probably had a way higher normalized power output for this bike than you did for any of the other ones. So what we're doing is working the calf thing out of our control. Now we look at it as a chance to say, okay, this is what we need to figure out how to, we need to fix this from a structural standpoint. We need to get a physical therapist on board or whatever. That's a separate piece. Okay. You're building tons of power on the bike. You are getting way smoother, way more steady, way more confident in your running. Heck yeah. Let's build on that. That's where you then focus. And that's where then you focus on this idea of curiosity. Okay. This is what I did. This is where you can get excited. This is what happened. This is what I did on a bad day. I just held some of my best normalized power. I just, I just ran almost, I just basically ran my fastest marathon on a bad day. So now I can get excited about what comes next. How do I get curious about where I go next? And that's where you can then reframe the idea of, well, this didn't go the way I wanted, but actually I'm going to reframe this to, okay, didn't go the way I wanted, but I'm curious to see what I can do when I get even better. And start to reframe how you look at the day. And it helps to move past the shit that you're feeling at the moment. Yeah. Because I'm excited. And we're getting there. Unless you, you can't hear, guys. (laughs) I am excited for what Aaron did here because I see so much improvement, so much improvement that we're only going to build on. We've talked about this with you in the past. Like, we have you on a five-year plan. We're not, we haven't even touched where we want to be with you yet. And there's so much room for growth. You also jumped up into a much harder age group. Way harder.
1: Yeah. And it was a fast race. I did, yeah. after the race, look at the results from all the other Ironmans this year. And it was definitely one of the more competitive ones. It was that, like, very the competitive. the field this year.
0: You're, that age group, um, um, the 35 to 39 age group, was bananas hard. Um, there's some very strong women showed up on that day. Who have been racing for a lot longer than you have, and you competed with them. You came in top twenty overall on a bad day, a day when your body was not giving a hundred percent. It's yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah.
1: So it's really going to be focusing on that and all the things Kayla's saying as a coach. And I've done a mental performance class. I know these things. Um, and it's one thing to know it. And one thing to to believe it and buy into it and execute it. Um, And that's really what I'm working on now. And I I was able to execute a lot of the mental skills I learned throughout the course of the race. Um, Now I just got to work on improving, executing my mental skills after a race. So that's kind of where I'm at and how I'm doing now. And a part of that really does come. Yeah. And that'll help.
0: Right, getting that movement. But a piece of that comes from choosing to back yourself. That was the most powerful thing I ever did for myself in life, was kind of stand up one morning and choose to back myself. And that's just me standing up and saying, I I believe in me. And that's where you, You in this moment, kind of have to almost stand up and say, I believe in me. I believe in the power and the strength that I have, and I I believe in it so much that I'm never going to give up on it. I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep exploring what I can, what I can do. And when you can really, really ground yourself in how much you believe in yourself, it becomes easier to move past kind of the negative self-talk that that we all we know we all kind of have
1: um yeah and i still do if i didn't i wouldn't come on here and continue continue to share that i have this goal of going pro because that's a very scary thing to share out loud because i never want people one thinking i'm cocky like oh my god i can't believe she thinks she's gonna do this or um that i'm ridiculous but it is a goal i have for myself and it's something i do believe I'm capable of in in four to five years. Um, You are. And I think it is powerful to share those goals out loud. And it's just something I need to continue to remind myself that I do believe and I know that I'm capable of if I keep putting it in the work um, and keep doing what I'm doing and progressing. So I do believe just remembering that I do have that belief when things kind of go wrong and then also not being scared to be hurt again if it doesn't happen
0: that right there i love how you just said that because that's hard that's hard yeah. but that right there takes you saying that exact piece that you are scared that it won't happen but you're still willing to put it out there is a maturity as a person and an athlete beyond a lot of people that right there is that taking that right we talk about that comfort zone and a lot of times we stay in we stay in that comfort zone but the next space you can't actually get to you can't actually get to where you want to go without pushing through that comfort zone into the growth zone and that growth zone is where failure happens and mistakes and beat downs. But yeah. every time that you step past that and kind of look failure in, in the face and not have a fear of it, you expand the boundaries of that comfort zone. And you actually make that fear zone smaller. So that you, when you do get to where you're going, you feel a lot better about it. And you have a lot more faith and belief in yourself. and you know, I think not be, it's okay to be afraid. Like I actually think fear is one of the most powerful things for us, but we have to choose how we look at it. You can choose to look at fear as I can't do something. I'm never going to achieve it. Or you can choose to look at fear as, okay, I'm going to be curious about it. I'm going to use it to keep me motivated, yeah. to keep me dedicated. So fear is powerful. I think we need to, but you have to lean into it. You got to lean into the fear that you're having and do exactly what you just did. Say it out loud, put it out there to the world, to yourself. The people that believe in you are going to back you. Put my hand up right here. Yeah. We're going to back you because we believe in you too. I was telling your mom, like if I could put my faith that I have in Aaron into her, she, she'd go, she'd go so far, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but and it's...
0: it's powerful to stand up to that fear and that's what you're doing. And that's another thing to celebrate,
1: to celebrate and be proud of
0: and be excited for.
1: Yeah. You know, maybe I'll have a beer after this to celebrate.
0: <laughs> that's a good thing too. <laughs> that's a good thing too. Those are important things to do sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's this weird feeling because I feel like – and there might be other people out there who feel this way. I don't know. I feel like women sometimes don't like women who have belief in themselves and, like, willing to put the belief in themselves out there, which is another thing I was scared of when I shared this. And I am sure there are women out there who do not like me because of that. Um, And I'm at the point where I'm doing what's best for me and I know – What's best for me is full on believing in myself and I do think that means putting your goals out there so I'm that's still a goal I know I was 19th and I've got a ways to go but it's still a goal and something I believe I'm capable of in the next few years four or five years when my running can get a bit better just from time working on it yeah I mean again well the whole thing can get better but like particularly the running
0: (laughs) Yeah, the run and the running is making we're making progress with it. I can honestly say that I can almost guarantee if you did not have that calf cramp, you would have been under four hours, by way more than you think you would have. Hundred percent can guarantee it. I mean, before
1: before the race, if we're being completely transparent, I was like three fifty two seems very reasonable. Mm-hmm. I think that was like eight fifty 850, eight fifty five, and I was like, yeah, I could do mm-hmm. that. Yeah,
0: um, and that would have been a huge PR. So and you were not
1: yeah, so just continuing that far off of that. that belief and and I still guard the iron man distance
0: and your third Ironman, man that this is only your I- third Ironman. yeah this race I mean you, you go go look at the professionals out there I mean I I know we can't always compare professionals in a group but they are a good example to show that they're always growing and they're always trying to you know they they fail Chelsea Sedaro got her nutrition so wrong, this is the Ironman world champion, got her nutrition so wrong at Roth that she had to drop out and ended up in the hospital. It happens, yeah. right? We all are trying to grow and learn through it. It's taken, it's taken like 10 years for the Roth uh, record to be broken. Why? Because people have been failing and trying and failing and trying and growing and learning and blowing up. Daniela Reef is another fabulous example. World, the goat. She's the goat. But people wrote her off. They, the last two years, they've been like, no, she's done. She's done. She can't do this anymore. She's not going to, she could maybe, maybe come the top five. She just fucking obliterated everybody. Why? Yeah because she never gave up on her belief in herself that she is the best. And she kept working and putting in the time, learning, growing, changing. We're not saying I'm not comparing you to Danielle (laughs) Reef, but I am because I'm telling you that the whole concept of how she got to be where she is, is what what we all need to embody, no matter who we are. I don't care if you're, you're barely coming in, you're coming in 17 hours. If you can embody that faith and that belief, that's the point. That's why we use those comparisons. It's to to show and illustrate the, the point of it all, not necessarily that you need to be the fastest person out there.
1: Yeah, and that's what I keep reminding myself of is the reason I love this sport, is that there is so much room for growth and so much that goes into having a good race, um, and it really is why I love it. And it was yeah. still a good race. I still took everything I learned to still have the best race I could have on that day. Um, and that is something that is worth being proud of and celebrating.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's definitely has to be celebrated and oh. I will encourage you and every athlete and any athlete that I work with, talk to the number one thing that I want everybody focusing on is you have to focus on celebrating first. The feelings that you're having are valid. They're fair and you are allowed to have them. And it's important to know that they are fair and that everybody has them. And it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling. But to be the person that you want to be, you have to be able to look at those feelings as, okay, these are here. I I see them, I respect them, I honor them, but I'm done with them. And here's what well, and now I'm going to capitalize on that and I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to go fucking destroy it at Kona. Because I'm a competitor, (laughs) and I deserve to be there, and I can do this, and I will do this. And that is where you then focus.
1: I agree, and I think that is probably a very good point to end on, as you have two (laughs) screaming children. Can you hear them? Yes, (laughs) they are.
0: They are running around. Uh, Baylor is banging on the door, and Skyler was just recently running around with a golf club and golf ball in his hand, screaming for no reason why. I don't know. Welcome to Parenthood, everybody. If you want to have children, this is what it is.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll wait a few more years. (laughs) It's a
0: wonderful, wonderful thing. All right, everybody. Well, thank you to Aaron. I just... Before we sign off, I want to say thank you to Aaron for being willing and vulnerable and and, and wanting to share these feelings. Um, it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of um, maturity and, 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 and belief and faith in yourself to be able to share these things. And I know that it will only benefit you to talk about them and benefit others to hear about it. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and everybody else's hearts for sharing. And... Um, Again, I'm proud of you.
1: And I know the people that love and care about you
0: are. And before we actually sign off, I think it's important to note that one thing that was really cool that Erin shared is that she had a podcast fan, which we didn't even know we had, come up and ask me to take a picture. And when she texted me that, I was like, hell yeah. Okay. Maybe we-. people do listen to us. Yes,
1: and she actually qualified for Kona, so huge shout out! To Amazing. Enjoyed the day, so yeah. Thank you to all who listen and who all made it through this huge ramble of me talking about the race. So that was a very long race recap, but thank you to those who listened to it, and hopefully it helped some of you realize that everybody feels a ton of different emotions after an Ironman.
0: Awesome. All right, thanks everybody. We'll talk with you next week.
1: Bye, y'all.